So, disclaimer before we start, we are currently recording in a room with loads of stuff in it. And we're recording on the same setting that we did beforehand, always. It's been our tried and tested omnidirectional setting. Last time, we were in Alex's conservatory, and we recorded for two hours and 13 minutes without testing it. But I decided to go for the bio-directional, and the whole recording was fucked. So we have to do this episode all over again. So if at any point we sound not as surprised as you think we would, it's because we've heard it before. Quick disclaimer. I'll just show an example here of what it sounded like, because it was horrendous. Alex sounded like a sort of a turkey. So, yeah, all is well. We're going to rectify it with this one. Zoe! Do you want to talk to the microphone? No. Okay. It's your chance to shine. Sorry? I'll give you 10 seconds to say anything you want. I'll give Zoe an opportunity to have her 10 seconds of fame, but she's declined. <laughs> you had your chance. So yeah, we're, we're currently in a, a room which isn't the conservatory, and you can probably hear us. If we sound a bit down, and just like, like we're going through the motions, it's purely because we've been here before. We have. 21... 21. This is 21.1, or version 2. It is, isn't it? And the first part, which has never been released. I've kept the recording anyway, just in case. I might try and get the pun, because you might be able to hear me. And if Matt's going to edit this, you might hear some now. On Friday, Mary Hodges did a guest mix. She did a few sessions with DJ Zink. I'm saying I'll be DJing. And he did this unbelievable 30 minute. He was the third member of the Chemical Brothers, I think. Right. Oh man! 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 Oh but version. part two, version, version two. Version two. I think we'll go with V2. V2 sounds cool. It's on electronic music. <laughs> and... It was so long. It was like two hours. Two hours, 13 it was. It was a lost conversation. Lost. Which, which was a good conversation. It was a great conversation. So we're going to we're gonna open with uh, Record Men's, which we'll probably have to blitz through. We will, and... Uh, it was a topical one, wasn't it? Because they're both electronic... Yes. ...albums. So, do you want me to go first? Uh, I can't remember actually how we did it. I don't mind. Well, I'll go first again, or perhaps second again. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I had Matt recommended me Nicholas Jar Yar Ha. I think it's soft J. Jar Yar. Oh Yar. Like yogging. Oh, I think you, yeah. I think it is Yar. Yeah. Uh, with spaces only noise. Uh, it's it's an electronic album, but it's quite ambient electronic music. It gets very good right up. By Pitchfork, Album of the Year, Anthony Fantano also gives it good scoring, um, as does The Guardian. In the 80s region, I think for from my point of view, it was, although I am getting into ambient music, I think it was a little bit too much on the ambient side. So there were, there were some very good tracks in there, including Too Many Kids Finding Something in the Chest. You couldn't read this last time, I think. Well, at least we're being consistent. <laughs> I can't remember the, the exact name of it either. Love. Too many kids. Rain. Finding rain. In the chest. In the chest. Sounds right. Uh, that's a good song. Uh, Keeping Me There is another good song. As is Spectres of the Futures. And then... the That was a really weird noise. It wasn't even a burp. It was just a <laughs> <laughs> uh, variations that was a cracking tune I seem to remember that is a biggie it was a good track I remember uh, that being the standout that was the one that introduced me to the album from Foles mixtape yes 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 so I think if the rest of the album was more akin to that I think there'd be he'd be much more onto a sort of a not mainstream because mainstream is bad but like Six Music although he's so up Six Music Street yeah I think but then again they'd only play those songs I don't think that they would play any yeah. of the the, the noise. Yeah. It was very story-like. Buzzwords that I've written include texture, peaceful, layered sound. Nice. Real electronic and some instruments. 
it does sound like he's recorded instruments because you can sometimes hear background noises, I think. Yes. But I think he's definitely like a really arty fella. Maybe a bit too much so. I wonder whether he's done, has he done like film scores and stuff like that? I think, again, in our previous conversation, he he has done, but in his in his uh, native place. Holland? I think so. I was going to say Hollandish. <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> that sounds better though, Hollandish. Mm. So, he is, he's American. Ch- Chilean American, because we were surprised. It's all, it's all flooding back now. All of it. It's going to be a massive deja vu episode, isn't it? In that case, I yes. propose to you, maybe not ha, because that's very Dutch sounding. Mm. Perhaps it's you know like Javier, that sort of sound. Har. Nicholas Har. Ha. Yeah, but Nicholas is isn't like a. Um... Saint Nicholas sounds Spanish. It's Nicholas Otamendi. He's from Argentina. He is South from Spanish speaking. Yeah. We're off topic. We are a little bit. Uh, um, what, what do you rate it? I rated it a good green. Yes. And 5, 5.7. Weirdly, it's the only time I've ever written down what both our scores were. Episode 21, it, it turns out it's a nightmare. I've, <laughs> I've, after we did the episode, I for some reason posted the record men's oh, yeah, of course. rating on Instagram, which I've never done before, so I don't know why I did it. I think it was because in episode 20, part 2, we don't actually have... We have a recommends outro. We don't have a recommends intro. Oh, okay. So normally my system is just to post it when you when you release it. And then a couple, like the day after then post the recommends. Okay. The pod was out of sync, but you were still in sync. Sort of. I mean, yeah. you're, you're covering for my mistake. That is odd. But it's then I, I didn't even question it. I saw it. I read it. I was like, oh, great. And then I didn't even clock. Yeah. So <laughs> you're bringing that to my attention as well. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. So uh, good green. Uh, Nicholas Jar Char. Space is only noise. If, yeah, if you like this sort of ambient uh, side of electronic music, you'll you'll really appreciate it. I think it's got a lot to it, and it's very um, well put together. Heard it here first, Matthew. My album was by Floating Points, and it was called Crush. You said that you were going to put it in your albums of last year. Yeah, I didn't know. In hindsight, so it's highly rated by yourself, yeah. and I think critically, it did pretty well. Mm. from what I can recall. I can see why. All I can say is that it's genuinely one of my favourite electronic albums that I've ever listened to. Yeah. It was a wonderful record men's. It was very awkward in parts. Theatrical, pulsating and fascinating. Nice. Those are the four words. And that's what it felt like to me. There was a certain song near the start. I can't remember the name of it. My memory is going to be awful with the song names. But uh, yeah, I think... There was Les Aphex. That's a banger. Bias. And there is one that's got a really long name. Falaise is one of them as well, isn't it? There was a certain song which... It made me think that aliens were getting stoned and <laughs> trying to create Morse code. Right. That was what I thought. I think you said that, yeah. I think you said that. It really aliens, sticks with me. Aliens and Morse code. I was listening to it very loudly and I sort of travelled to this place and I just saw them fucking around with it. Perhaps you just picked out some other frequencies. Was it more... Is it alien Morse code or aliens using human Morse code? That, second one. Gotcha. They've somehow stumbled across Morse code. I see. They've got like a VHS with like an old war film on it where they're doing Morse code and they're like... And then they start making music, alien music with it. Just sort of appreciated your your noise that you put in there. Do... This is a question. Do current naval people use Morse code? Or do they have another system? They must still use it in some capacity, but then it seems like such an old-fashioned technique to use now, doesn't it? It does, but at the same time, I suppose stuff like that is obviously meant to be very, like... I suppose it literally is binary, but I mean, it's like almost like fail-proof, isn't it? Mm. Great question. If you're a naval officer listening to this, uh, drop us down in the comments below and just... Uh... My mate's a naval officer. I will ask really? him. Yeah. We'll, so, yeah that... we'll reveal the answers on episode 22. Yeah. Hopefully, that'll be soon. Or episode 21, version 3, if this is still not recording correctly. <laughs> oh, God. I think we just have to call, we just have to accept the electronics have let us down on our electronics episode. That's, I thought it was quite ironic. It was ironic. On the, the electronic episode. It's the Yeti's fault. I blame the Yeti. He didn't give me enough. Or she, could be a she. Perhaps they've got coronavirus. Maybe. Feeling under the weather. Human to Yeti transmission. It would be us, wouldn't it? There's no way. It doesn't give out anything, so... Yeah, a very interesting sound that he created, and it was just so cool, and it did sort of make you travel to another place, which I thought was wicked. Yeah. A couple of absolute bangers, like you mentioned, Les Alpex, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Very, very good song. And 
Yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It it's going right to the very top. It is. It was Along exciting with... when you said this the first time. It was really exciting. I'm trying to recapture it. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna give it a Radiohead red. Would you believe? <laughs> I I am passionate about this album, but I've yeah. said it all before. <laughs> Once you ejaculated, it's hard to ejaculate again. <laughs> yeah, over the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Dubious. Uh, <laughs> um, no. Variety is the spice of life. It is. Again, dubious. So, Radiohead Red, and I've gone for an 8.2. Wonderful. It deserves to go up there. I loved it. I still listen to it now. Oh, good. Brilliant. Interestingly, you give an 8.2. Has it gone up, or has that changed, or you... Kept it the same. Yes. Yeah. I've just, I've enjoyed it the same amount. Cool. It hasn't grown anymore. It grew... And it, it reached a massive peak and it stayed there. Nice. Excellent. Record men's done. Done. Again. Properly done. Hopefully done. Definitely done. We did it. Done. Done. Right. Electronic music. Like what was the... I can't remember the format. Really. That's the topic. So, so what oh, we yeah. can do is try and define it in a short and snappy way. Yeah. And then I'll get up a definition very quickly, like the standard definition, and we can compare and see who got closest. Okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'll start this one off because you started off record mittens. So my definition of electronic music, I think, is it's music that is, the majority of it is electronic based and... Define electronic based. Either purely electronically created, as in like on software, yeah, okay. or manipulated to a degree where it sounds electronic. Yeah. At least, at the very least. So you're saying 50.01 counts as electronic music yeah it's a big sort of range but also I don't think that hip hop music is electronic music even though it is majority electronic in the background because there's so much vocals within right okay yeah yeah I I think that's what I said before and I think I stand by it so it's a a shit one but I think that it's, it's just basically in my mind it's music that sounds electronic is electronic music. I think that's probably kids because the one I always think of is Bonobo when we went and saw him in Citadel. Yes. And it was just basically a live orchestra. Yeah. And he probably, he did have like further sampling and further vocals. He obviously had buttons that he was pressing. Yes. But for the actual sort of main body of the music it was. Is that cheating though just to say electronic music is music that sounds electronic? Probably. I think it's the easiest thing electronic to say. Electronic music. Okay, my definition is going to be electronic music <laughs> is music that sounds like it's been in the. Uh, <laughs> it's hardest to explain, isn't it? Inip- uh, no, no, I'm trying to use the word that you've just used. Manipulated? That. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like it's been that. That was rubbish because I can't say the word. <laughs> there you go. That's what, that's what I think it is. Music that sounds like it's been. Yes, not not is necessarily definitely yes. all electronically done. Yes, but it definitely sounds like it has been. Or, yes. Or, yeah. Okay. That just sounds like oh, when you know, you know. I know, but how else <laughs> can you explain it? Because I think the, the more you talk about electronic music as well, the more you realise like, it just encompasses other. That, yeah, because some genres. is so borderline, but you would definitely classify it as electronic. But and at what point would you say like a band has crossed the threshold for electronic music? Because you'd say. Like some of the 1975 stuff, especially recently, has like blended itself into like electronic pop sort of stuff. Sampling's become big. Yeah, some of uh, like I'm listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar and his Pimp a Butterfly album is so like there's some there's tracks on that that are so sort of made in the same way as a like an actual electronic album that it's it is literally his voice and I suppose style of like singing in terms of putting lyrics over music. That makes it definitely hip hop rather than electronic music. Yeah. But then in the same breath, something like DJ Shadows introducing is exactly the same. It's got it's used lots of like jazz samples, like samples of people speaking. But then you definitely say that was electronic music rather than it's definitely on the cusp of like yeah. hip hop. The and difference some, is the lyrics basically. Yeah, and, yeah. And some song, and I think perhaps also using like repeated phrases. And unnatural things that a human probably couldn't do. Yeah, because I think they manipulate the voice in certain electronic songs or musics, whatever, mm. to the point where it is essentially an instrument. 
It's providing a melody. Case ah. in point, uh, Bon Iver, Creek. Definitely. Is his voice through a auto-tuner. And that is using his voice as the only instrument because it's the only thing making noise. I think we also concluded last time that we're never really going to know. What is the what is the official no. Wikipedia definition? The definite conclusion of our definitions is, yeah, it's ambiguity, purely. And we'll have a look. I'm just going to type in electronic music definition and we'll see what, what it comes up with. It's going to be something like really simple. Or not. This is a website called Britannica, Ooh. which sounds unnecessarily patriotic. I'm going to go with Wikipedia. That's uh, it's funny how Wikipedia at school teaches you to say like don't use it it's all just like bullshit essentially yeah whereas now it's like a legitimate I think because it gets filtered so much by people yeah it's like it is almost the cream of the crop it's like this is yeah. it's, it's, but it's more opinion based isn't it I think it's more subjective but they do have to you do have to have references for stuff okay so I think that's why it's so like some articles like even like smaller articles about I don't know type of cushion would be like referenced yeah. loads that would be like 30 or 40 references for a that's crazy. It's just seen quite a lot, isn't it? Types of cushion. Yeah. <laughs> imagine being the kind of guy who edits that page. <laughs> but then, I want, yeah, imagine if it's like a couple of pages that just haven't been edited because no one's going to be bothered to do it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to search for types of cushion on Wikipedia soon. Do it now. I will. I'll get the boring bit out oh, of the yeah. way with electronic. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're actually here. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's big. I'm going to read the first three sentences. Ooh. So, by popular opinion... Electronic music is music that employs electronic musical instruments, Ooh. digital instruments, and circuitry-based music technology. Yes. A distinction can be made between sound produced using electromechanical means, electroacoustic music, and that produced using electronics only. That's interesting, because you that's what you said about Bonobo. There's a distinction. Yes. Whereas I would classify him as an electronic artist, so... Blurred. Some of his work definitely isn't, but some of his work probably definitely is. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, that's digital. it. Digital. I like the use of the word digital, because digital is on-off, isn't it? it yeah. Analog is on-off. That was a good visual. <laughs> uh, audio <laughs> representation. <definitely. laughs> um, but yeah, so I like that. So yeah, digital elements to it. Yeah. It employs electronic musical instruments, digital instruments, and circuitry-based music technology. Yeah. There you go. There you those go. are the three components you need to provide... What if you need two of those? I don't know. <laughs> still the same. Still electronic, but it's two-thirds electronic as opposed to... Yeah. The full whammy. Full of blonde. We'll go with that. I think we've solved that. We were actually quite close, I reckon. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. So we said that it sounds like it's electronic, or it sounds... Like I still think, essentially, it is, if you know, you know. We'll never know. Even Wikipedia doesn't know for definite. They're a bit... Hey, what is knowledge? Knowledge is just stuff that's written down. It's just, yeah, it's what you've made of everything that you've known about yeah. a thing or heard. How did you get into electronic music? I think we then covered that. We did, yeah. I found that quite a nice one as well. Mm. Please begin. My electronic journey... Let's start right at the beginning, I suppose. That's the best place to start. Yeah. My first point of entry into electronic music was stuff like Pendulum and The Prodigy. Because around... Yeah, so it would have been like 2008, that sort of time, when Instilico came out. Yes, banger. Yeah. Which I listened to recently, and he's just still the most amazing album. And that was sort of my, yeah, initial point of listening. Then I think incorporated into that was stuff like Passion Pit and bands like that, which were quite prominent around the time, in terms of like like electro-pop sort of music. Mm. So like lots of auto-tuner on the voice and then probably uses of some sort of synthesizers and stuff like that. And like MGMT, like so bands like that, they were definitely like still like indie music, but were probably starting to use or pull elements of electronic stuff. Um, so it was like an easy entry point. I think so. It was like a very accessible entry yeah. point. Good. And like stuff, I, I still listen to like Pendulum and stuff now in the right mood um, I find mo- motorway driving pendulum. yeah or tight clean the house oh yeah when you're a bit pissed up as well yeah and you know your neighbours are not in <laughs> <laughs> pendulum definitely trumps Pavarotti in terms of <laughs> never I will not hear a bad word about that that was a story which you told actually on the last one <laughs> Alex has formed a, uh, a recent habit which I think has happened since we last spoke as well of yeah putting- Pavarotti on at the end of a, a drinking session. Yeah. At full blast. It works. It works so well. Um, 
I really want to experience it, but... I was literally thinking we should have, like, a music night, as in, like, you come over and we'll just indulge. That's a good idea. We'll just sit in front of speakers and just play music. Um, <laughs> I digress. Uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was definitely the start point. And then it was sort of evolved, I think, listening-wise, into stuff like Bonobo, Caribou. So that sort of electronic music that uses lots of... Predominantly female voices, interestingly. Um, but yeah, so that sort of, I don't know, like dancey electronic music almost. Yeah. Rather than the sit down sort of floating points, like really analyse the different layers and the whatever. Yeah. But yeah, and then more recently, I've more. got into the ambient stuff, so stuff like Aphex Twin, I suppose, floating points. Hopkins. Stuff yeah, exactly. Like John Hopkins, uh, Fortet, that sort of genre. Um, and then also, like, I think some Moby stuff. Um, I used to listen to quite a lot, and I still listen to it a lot now. Yeah. Um, and some of the, like the earlier electronic artists that were about, because obviously the eighties, I'm sort of jumping around here, but the eighties had a lot of like they, they were like real pioneers when they were using like synthesizers and stuff. Yeah. And if you look at bands like ODM, uh, Soft Cell, yeah, it, it's got that sound, doesn't it? It was uh, like an iconic sound where yeah. it's, it is so it does sound so heavily electronic that like certain elements of it definitely. And like whole bands were like based on yeah the idea of having like electronic instruments wasn't it so it was almost mm. like you played oh you saw people with like the the guitar yeah, keyboards exactly. didn't you yeah exactly that's that, was that sort of thing um it's a look yeah like talking about the 80s bands like new order mm-hmm. and stuff like blue monday it's like a really electronic and that whole album actually um what's it called like uh it's on it's a flowery album flowery, uh power corruption and lies that so yeah that's sort of i can't remember what my thread was but um yeah i think just other bands that you've listened to before yeah and then yeah it's definitely more recent that I've moved on to the sort of more ambient side it sounds like quite a natural journey like easing into it through sort of different means I started on sort of Black Tower yeah and I've sort of moved on to nice sort of Coterones and Bordeaux (laughs) (laughs) you can really uh, break down the flavour and the (laughs) (laughs) that's good though I I, I like that analogy yeah, sort of move to like really sweet rosés. Oh God, what would the sweet rosé be? It would be like, uh, do you remember T2 feat Jody Heartbroken? No. Heartbroken without your love. No. No. Uh, H2O. It's the kind of stuff that's played at like the, the runaway fairs. Or like Calvin Harris. I never, I've never liked Calvin Harris, but yeah. I think that's actually almost worse than rosé. It would be like sort of WKDs. Yeah. Actually, um, I don't mind WKD. I would definitely drink one. <laughs> I'd, I I'd choose that over Rose. <laughs> Have you not? I don't think so. Blue WKD is just, it's so sweet and nice. It's just, it's just pop. It's like panda pop. But what's it, like, what's it taste of? What's the, it's what? vodka based. Yeah, but what's the flavour? Raspberry. Is that blue? What, that's what blue is, isn't it? Blue is definitely raspberry in like the sweet. blueberry or blackberry. It could be blueberry. I guess it's raspberry. That's my, that's my go-to. Doesn't raspberry like red there? Blue raspberries are fl- like a sweet flavour. Oh, is it? I've, I might be making this up. I'm sure. Blue raspberry? I That's a thing. Sense. Blue raspberry's a thing. Anyway. See it to believe it. I'll, I'll show you one day. We'll have a WKD on our music night. Just one. We'll get a, no, a big... <laughs> oh, God. I can just imagine like that taking to such a turn. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it much music. It'd be more sort of sick and... <laughs> Blue sick. Yeah can, yeah, can you imagine just like, you'd have to drink, because it's not very strong, is it, or is it? It's just stand, it's like 4% like beer. Right. Yeah. But presumably because it's so sugary, does it enter your system quicker, maybe? Possibly. Well, you have to drink, no, I don't. Or if your blood sugar gets raised by the sugar, then it would actually have less of an effect. Oh. Yeah. Is that a thing? If you, yeah, if you eat a strawberry or a few strawberries and a banana or something before you drink, it lessens the amount of alcohol that like attaches to your blood it slows it down a bit yeah. are we a music podcast or are we a science podcast do you fucking know that's good I like that I like the entry point and I like where you ended up my entry point like most of my music it was passively through my dad passively like it, he just put stuff on we'd have it on in the car uh, like Massive Attack nice more Chiba very similar bands but very good so again it wasn't like full on heavy electronic stuff I remember Jamiroquai coming up quite a bit, which maybe was a little bit electronic, but quite poppy. I think they're just very much of that noughties era. Yeah. Where everyone had some sort of electronic element in some of their music they were making. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was those kind of things that I listened to first, uh, which 
I wouldn't say got me into it, but it, I, I that's my first experience as such. Your interest was piqued. Definitely. And then I sort of went on a bit of a journey of discovery myself when I was probably like between 13, 16 time. Uh, a few of my mates listened to a lot of music as well, like really keen on it. So we'd sort of share bands. Band like Baths, which I think uh, yes. I recommend to you, you knew of. Uh, Daft Punk, I listened to quite a lot of, which I, I loved. I think Daft Punk's a really, really fantastic electronic outfit. They're so unique. Ratatat, uh, they did the song with Kid Cudi, or they collaborated with him quite a lot. And they've done some really good. That's sort of more guitar based, but yeah. it's still uh, sort of relevant. Uh, a band called Le Maitre, who, French, another French. Yeah, the French are quite big on electronic music, aren't they? Love it, yeah. They were sort of early pioneers, like you say, Daft Punk. They must have just set the tone yeah. of interest in, in France, and it's sort of, yeah, it's definitely increased. Um, yeah, other, like Fatboy Slim, Chemical Brothers. Thank you, Joe, for reminding us of Chemical True. Brothers. And DJ Zinc, obviously, the uh, third Chemical Brother. <laughs> It was a good one. It was immense. Like, abs- and it was Probably just my best. It was just a good will over the eyes as well. And then we had to Google because I wasn't sure if zinc was a chemical. So it was sort of like the validity but was it questioned. Is it is a chemical. Yeah. chemical element. It's on the table. That The relevant one. It was funny at the time. It was really you, funny. Had, you had to be there. So yeah, all of those were bands or artists that I'd listened to myself that I'd sort of discovered. And there's one which I forgot to mention, which I'm really glad I, I can now mention, is... Justice. Have you heard of Justice? No, I haven't actually. Could be good for a future record men's because we've already recommended each other something. You, you'll probably recognise some of their tracks. They're very, very iconic. and What sort of style? Quite intense. It's very bass heavy. They love putting like a funky bass line in there in parts. It's a bit disco-y at times. Right. But it's also a little bit awkward, a little bit all over the shop, in and out of ears. And it's, but it's hard hitting, I'd say. Very, very good. There's a certain album, I think, called Justice, which is magnifique. Uh, So yeah, that was my early listening. As I got to to uni or a little bit older, bands like Bonobo, Fortet came to the the forefront. Tom York, obviously, and Radiohead classify some of their stuff. True, we haven't even mentioned Radiohead. It's been half an hour. I think we're able to not talk about them too much in this one, because (laughs) we we said before we were going to do like some of our favourite albums, but... We can't just put like Tom York and Radiohead as the top three. It has to be varied. And so we're just leaving them out. Sorry, Tom. Sorry, mate. And the rest of the game. It's too good to be put. You'll have your own episode. <laughs> it will come. Probably our next special. Yeah, 25, sort of. I think 25. As a, as a uh, master. In your sights. Mm. I like that. Uh, so, yeah. Because you were introduced to Bonobo. Yeah, through a housemate who, yeah, said they were good. Well, he was a good brother. And that, I think, Bonobo stuff definitely got me more into, like, what you'd almost call, like, proper electronic music. Like, almost DJs who have come from clubs and, like, learned their trade. And yeah. moved to producing actual LPs. So, yeah. Caribou, who obviously has done stuff under... Uh, Dan Snaith, but he's done stuff under, like, the Daphne. Yeah, so he, he, I think his first album, Up in Flames was under a different name to either Daphne or Caribou. It's under... It might be, like, Malibu, maybe? Or- okay. It's something. And that's a really high regard to electronic album. But yeah, Bonobo was definitely like, again, was the entry point into that sort of other genre of electronic music that is like, almost what I call like proper electronic music, not just sort of halfway there or... Um, like Definite, act- yeah, solid. Like actual, yeah, DJs who would sort of craft. I suppose, I suppose in, in a way, in a way. Um, that's a throwback. I can't remember which episode that was. <laughs> it was an early one. It was. Sure. It was like episode like two or three. <laughs> Go back and try and find that reference. Um, but I suppose, in a way, DJs are quite like producers. I think they basically are. Yeah, I suppose it's very similar. Isn't it? I imagine. Well, like mixes, they're... maybe. Well, is that a job? Yeah, you can you can mix. Is that like, I don't a, really like position, like, like the mixing bloke? So you'll make the track. The mixing sort of, I, I guess, is like fine-tuning. So it's not too bassy in one part or it's sort of all at a nice sort of level. Like smoothing it all out. Yeah, that's my interpretation from what from what I've discovered in my very short time of one bit of software. <laughs> I still haven't mixed anything. I don't know what the fuck to do. I just, I just press the buttons and then listen to it. Perhaps that's all they do. But then, I yeah, I think you're right. I reckon there's very few electronic artists who actually don't have a massive say in... They're technicians. They, they know how to do that's what that I sort of, I think there's probably... I wonder if there's a little bit less of the middleman. Because the producer has more overarching, so he'll like, have an organisation role, won't he, as well? I think. Yeah. In my mind, like the band will just be in the room. 
just all having some beers, yeah. chilling, just having a great time. The producer just walks in, and like the mood just drops. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake! And yeah, I I reckon they get a tough gig. The producers. Maybe, but they're selected quite often, aren't they? And they're like really highly regarded, aren't they? Mm. Like, this producer's worked with X, Y, and Z. That's true. So yeah, um, I, I think I was the same. Like Bonobo was like a, a sort of a turning point of music. It, it was really unlike anything I'd heard before. Yeah. I have to thank him again, my friend David. Dave. True. Dave has got so many nicknames, but I'm just going to call him Dave for now. Because yeah, he introduced me to Bonobo. Amazing. Thank you. Love it. That was a game changer. Yeah, I think Bonobo for a lot of people is. I've got uh, Gold Panda as well. Another very good. Yeah. I got into Gold Panda a similar time to Bonobo, I think. Sort of noticeably electronic stuff. Uh, 8FX Twin was quite late, actually. But that was my friend Dan, who's a bit older. Right. But he's he's got such a, a specific electronic music taste. When he was 18, 19, growing up, the, the electronic music was coming out then, like, you've got Aphex Twin and Portishead were about, and obviously, like, Massive Attack and all yeah, that. It was yeah, just yeah. very different, but... Yeah. But I love talking to him about it because he has such a different perspective of it. Right. So he's sort of come from the electronic genre from that angle. Yeah. Of, like, more ambient and, like, lots of samples and... Definitely. Now, um, yeah, he, he, I think he quite likes John Hopkins and stuff like that. He's, yeah, he's getting into it. But yeah, I think it's an evolving, like electronic music's changed, your taste changes within it and you still enjoy stuff that you used to mm. and still go back to, I still go back to Baths now, I love that album, it's great. I definitely think electronic music generally, and this is a generalisation, probably pushes the boundaries more than other types of or genres of music. Like I think hip-hop probably pushes the boundaries as well, um, but I think like looking at the way that jazz evolved quite a lot and like how people like Miles Davis and I suppose John Coltrane but like Miles Davis like was pushing the end envelope of what jazz music could could be defined as I think electronic music also tries to do that quite often as well mm. and I think that album um, by DJ Shadow introducing is like so on the cusp of being like a hip hop album okay. I think it appears in the lot of like hip hop uh, like all greatest of all time lists because it is like the blend is like on some songs it is so sort of yeah, it's got a similar sort of set of like jazz elements and then um, like samples of different songs and then there's also like some rapping that he's obviously just like put in but as in like a sample of a rap. But I think electronic music generally, yeah, it does push the envelope of what it can be. I think that's the thing about it, isn't it? Because it's so hard to define. Mm. So therefore the, it is expanding forever. Like mm. rock music is rock music. You've got f- yeah. four people, bassist, guitarist, True. drummer, conventionally speaking... Whereas, yeah, electro music is just, it's huge, isn't it? It's a spectrum. And I think right now it feels like there are a lot of, like, heavyweights who yeah. are all coming to the top. And it's, like, this amazing amount of great different electronic music's coming out. It's a really exciting time for the genre. I've really been enjoying it. It's, it's hard to, to stop listening to electronic music, I think. You, you get it into is, once, you get into, a, once you get into it, yeah. You can get into a bit of a hole with it. I think but. because it is so, like, detailed and layered, some other genres of music, like, can sound like almost like I don't know, almost like a bit like plain. But like, yeah, like you just said, there is like a bassist making noise. There's a yeah. guitar, there's a main guitar making noise. There's obviously the singing, all in like a four-four timing. Yeah, exactly. The same, yeah. <clears throat> Whereas electronic music really does. There's loads of little things, and then if you listen to it really loud, you hear certain things. But if you listen to it on like headphones, you'll discover little like intricacies and yeah, and just like even like use like listening to it on different formats or in different situations. And yeah, it can really capture lots of different things. I think. It was like you mentioned with uh, owning the Floating Point single on, yeah. on like a huge vinyl. Yeah, 12 inch. 12 inch. Getting all the bass. Yeah. All the bass. Yeah, and I think there's just lots of lots of things you can just sort of play around with, with your, both your listening experience. And often, it's like any, any form, isn't it? Like you listen to one band and then yeah. you hear another band and you sort of go off on a little mini tangent and you, and you realise, oh, that was that artist, that was that one. You could it's do never it forever. ending. Yeah, you Definitely. can do it forever. And I think a lot of, again, a lot of electronic artists, because they have originated in like clubs, they almost like have a huge back catalogue of stuff. Yeah. And because, I don't get me wrong, I think, I imagine a lot of live bands, once they released a song, that is how that song is then played. Yeah. I think for a lot of electronic artists, and obviously some other artists as well, they'll play a song in a certain way for each possible live venue. So if you like follow them around, they might play it differently in a small venue. Yeah. To how they would like a like end of a night set in either a club or like a you big can festival. to the crowd, can't you? Like yeah, you much say, more. You and feel still, how they're yeah. reacting to it. I suppose that's why it's so difficult to define like electronic music. Mm. It is so expensive. Agreed. 
So all we need to do now is oh yeah, fine. just say three favourite albums. You make it sound so easy. It's just it's that simple. Three albums. Yeah. And we both agreed on an album. We did. Ironically, I can't remember that. Oh, just I know. Yeah. <laughs> just checking what my favourite album is right? <laughs> just <laughs> I just want to hear and make sure I look cool <laughs> oh no oh oh I now know what we both said but I've actually just mouthed you something different oh did you yeah it really looked like you mouthed the yeah. correct one no actually I've just remembered yeah what did you mouth uh, well I'll say Moby Play that's an album actually that I found quite early on in my electronic journey and have just kept it. Whereas some of the stuff um, I wouldn't necessarily... Like Passion Pit, for example. Yes. Like, I actually, I'd listen, go listen to like a couple of tracks from Passion Pit or if it came on like a playlist, I'd be like, yeah. oh, what tune? Yes. But like, if I'm putting my Hawks Out hat on <laughs> and like did a record mens of listening to it, I definitely might look. It's like enjoyable, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to claim it's actually... Okay. I like that though. So yeah, whereas Moby Play is just such a wonderful album because it really blends like lots of great elements about electronic music like lots of sampling but also like it's danceable but it's got some intrigue in there as well it's a fantastic album it's, it's, it's an it's, all-rounder it is an all-rounder um, do you want to keep going or do you, are you going to uh, yeah you go good. might as well do two oh, only because it's been mentioned before I won't say this but it'll get like this would be in there but Floating Points Crush oh, yeah. would be in there but because you've mentioned it I'm not going to say okay. it so that's a bit boring I'm, I'm trying to think of stuff that we might have spoken about um, but I'm going to say uh, Fortet and Rounds, which is his, I think, his second album. Um, and it's wonderful. It's so good. Is that the one with 2017 on it? I think it might be. Oh, no. What was it? What do you call it? It's t- uh, 2017, I think it's called. No. It's a good one. It's almost like a sitar. So have you not heard of Rounds? I don't think I have, you know. I've listened to uh, songs of Fortets and like every time he's released a single, Play I listen it, to yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah, some of... The songs he's done are just amazing. I don't know what albums they're off, but I should yeah. probably delve more. You'll definitely recognise all the most of the songs off around. Okay. There's a really cool bit as well. This is one of the reasons I love electronic music. The first thing I think of the whole album you hear is like this thumping. Mm. And it is like it's really um it's really bassy. And in terms of it like really hits you in the chest rather than sort of bassy, you just feel like you can yeah. like it's quite a guttural bass. And it turns out it's the heartbeat of a dog. He's obviously oh recorded. So he's obviously put like a microphone on this dog. And you can just hear its heartbeat. So wow. the first, like, it's like, dum, 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 dum. yeah, it's like a dog's a dog's heartbeat. That's very cool. But yes, it's a really, again, it's a really good album. It's much more on the ambient side. I think what Forte does really well is have songs that are like properly like good tunes with two U's, whilst also having these sort of ambient wispy elements. Yeah. So there you go. I've said Moby Play and. Fortet rounds. Both okay. albums from the early 2000s. I think Moby was maybe 1999, but this is 2003. I'm going to slightly change mine from before because I put Floating Points in there because it had such an impact on me so instantly and I loved it. Never heard anything like it. So that gets the mention. Great. My first one is Baths with Cerulean, which again I've mentioned so many times on the pod. Yeah. It's just a great all round album. A bit passion pity, but I think with a bit more electronic Substance. bass to it. Yeah. Substance. Definitely. Probably quite like lo-fi sounding as well, a bit sort of fuzzy, yeah, around the edges. Fuzzy, yeah, like, fuzzy. Like a bit of fuzzy fuzz, and it's just very danceable too. Yeah. On that same note, I mentioned Justice earlier, and I'm so that's why I'm so glad that I remembered them because Justice with Justice is my number two. Oh, it's called Justice with Justice. No, sorry, Justice by Justice. Oh. I used the wrong I link. That we call though Justice with Justice. Yeah, extra justice. Yeah, extra, yeah. Do you like some more justice on your chips? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dirty, really. It does, doesn't it? Yes, it's amazing. It's great. Wonderful. It's almost like Pendulum's level of intensity from In Silico. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the in and out chaotic nature of Floating Point's crush, it's... Oh. It sounds like it could be like a perfect album. It will one day be recommended to you, good sir, because I think I think it's up your street. What a uh, year group are we talking about? Yeah. I want to say early two thousands as well. Interesting. Funnily enough, let me just quickly check. Panther's a big like OS update, and everyone just got new software. And they're like, <laughs> I think, like Windows Vista was great for. I know. Uh, so two thousand seven. Okay, so like, that is very pendulum, though. Yeah, pendulum similar. Two thousand five, two thousand ten, isn't it? It's powerful, I'll nice. give you that. Uh, that's my number two. And upon much debate, 
with myself mm. and having discussed it in this episode about how much of a pivot it was in the shifting of listening to electronic music and how much of a part it played in that and the direction yeah. it, it threw us in um, I've gone for Bonobo Black Sands as my ultimate electronic album to listen to and mine is the same because Shock. Mark and I can't have different opinions <laughs> that would go against the oh, what are they calling Peep Show the Ooh. Big Beats Manifesto yeah that's it against the uh, is it they're not called the Big Beats though are they no, the Big Beats Manifesto is just about what what sort of classifies a big beat, I think. Ah, so it's like our tune manifesto, or our tune definition. Yeah, similar, actually. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's, it's a wonderful album. That's one of our house rules, for sure. If we're doing a big list, just to make it easy and perfectly round, let's just have the same best one. <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> but it's been unintentional every time. Massively different lists leading up to it, but then the end point <laughs> has to just be the same. Yes. It's very um, easy that way. There are so many good... Tr- like, I, I think I, I've said this before, but Sirius, which is my favourite Bonobo track of his, yeah. isn't on this album. But stuff like uh, Kiara, Kong, um, The Keeper, that's a tune. Black Sand is a good song. Is it uh, all called like Tok Toro or something? Yeah, El Toro. El Toro is uh, good. Eyes Down, I'm just listing all the tracks on yeah. that thing now. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really good album. There are songs that are like just huge. And then there are also nice little elements of floatiness. Agreed. It must be a good entry point. If you've had a timid entry like we did into electronic music, mm. or you're easing your way in... And you just think it's it, full of David Getter and... Oh. What's the old bloke called? Mark Ronson and... Uh, yeah, all the weird... They always wear, like, all white suits. They're, always, they're weirdly old. Like, David Getter's, like, 40 or 45, 50. Isn't That's it? too old. Yeah. That's mean. That's, like, proper, like, Ibiza. Yeah. <laughs> With his vest. Yeah. He's definitely wearing a vest most of the day. Or, like, a white... Slightly stained white jacket. With one button missing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Probably quite talented, but yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think you, there's an appreciation there for being able to just write songs that are so generic and so appealing to everyone. <laughs> like, it must be really difficult, genuinely, the amount of effort. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, to like completely rid yourself Which, of any, right, of any like, creative and artistic ability. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm joking, David Guetta. You're probably worth like 100 million. So, probs. definitely having the last laugh. He's laughing. There's a question, hypothetically. Hmm. Would you rather be him, or you? You can write your own music in your own way, and it's amazing, but nobody appreciates it at the time. And then it, you're like a hidden gem at the end. Do you mean essentially? Are we saying like, so you can get all the success of David Guetta, all the money? Shit. You don't have to be David Guetta. You don't have to be, no, you can be yourself still. You can sort of ironically be aware of how shit your music is too, if that helps. Uh, I know what I'd be. You know what? I think I would be the opposite of you. Because I, I, are you going to say like you want to be pure and creative? Yeah. Yeah. You would have to be my own. I'm so fickle. I definitely have like strong opinions, but... Can you imagine just having that amount of money? Just instantly. Because you can just produce your own shit and just release under a pseudonym. It would be easy. Because actually, if you're if we're saying that the other bloke gets to create what he wants to create, yeah. it's never discovered. You could do that anyway. Just don't get him money. David get him my oh, so SoundCloud account. Okay. And he might just be called like lampshades and light bulbs. <laughs> and it's just like no like he's got a hundred really dedicated. Well, he's really strange. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like four yeah. <laughs> He's got 40 blokes in Texas who love him. But they don't know <laughs> because he's actually David Guetta behind him. Yeah. David Guetta sitting on his yacht in Monaco. <laughs> Laughing to himself. Yeah. Or sipping a... What would he drink? WKD probably. I reckon he drinks WKD when he's making his generic music. Takes off his housemates. And then puts on his much bigger... Yes. JLB hat. <laughs> um... If anyone watches Peep Show, I hope they get half of these references. <laughs> I was going to make one earlier about, you know, Britannica being that. It sounded like a London, England or London, English what was it called? publishing. Uh, London, Britain, wasn't it? Or British English? I think it was British London. That was it. I was looking at life insurance earlier today. Yeah. And I went on moneysupermarket.com and one of the insurers that got recommended was Royal London and I literally <laughs> thought about the thing of like yeah. British London I was like just sounds too I even went on their Twitter to make sure they had like a blue tick yeah. you can't it's literally not saying like tree tree it'd be like yeah the Manchester Manx or yeah it, uh, is it Pro Euro Soccer that uses the red Manchester red or like they had blue uh, city 
Like North Liverpool London. were Merseyside red, I remember that very well. Yes, and then was it Merseyside blue or not? Yeah, it was actually, they were quite consistent. That always reminds me of like the Aldi and Lidl naming of, of mm-hmm. brands though. We bought uh, fake wagon wheels the other day called Cartwheels. I don't understand why this is a tangent. We're mid-tangent anyway, this is an inception tangent. Yeah, we're two layers down. <laughs> so we we're to... now three layers down because <laughs> we're talking about the sub-tangent in the, in the tangent. So you have to get out. Why didn't, like cartwheels, that makes sense, but why didn't Pro Soccer just use like Manchester U's or something? Because then it, at the top of the screen it would have just said Man. Or Liverpool Athletic. Or just Liverpool. Yeah. Because it's Liverpool Football Club, isn't it? Why don't you just have Liverpool? And then it's Everton Football Club, so can't you just have Everton? Because Liverpool's a place, so that's free. You'll have to use that, aren't you? Yeah. And Everton's a place within Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah. So therefore, you could just say, like, yeah, we're just referencing. That's very true. Geographically. Like, the London clubs, is obviously, that's much more difficult. I think Chelsea were London FC, which is debatable. <laughs> Those are quite centuries, London. Yeah, they're Chelsea. They're, were they West? No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. West London. Chelsea and Kensington. I don't really know. Um, uh, never eat. Yeah, West. Yeah, that's a tangent. But, cartwheel, relevant, <coughs> another word for wagon wheel, cart, yes. wagon, mm. synonyms. A Twix, the fake one is called a jive. Work that one out. Not a clue. How you spell jive? Like the dance, J-I-V-E. Twix, I don't know. Mm. Fucking jive. We will never know the algorithm that they use in Lidl or Aldi, but the Aldi rhythm. Yeah. So, we've named our favourite album collectively. That's what matters. The tangent is the tangent. Did it appear... I think it appeared in my top albums of all time. I feel that it may have done. It was definitely mentioned at the very least. So, so at the end of the last episode, we challenged each other to a music challenge. Oh, fuck, I forgot this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your challenge was... I picked two songs, one by Justin Bieber, one by Cher Lloyd. Yeah. The one by Justin Bieber was Love Yourself. <laughs> the one by Cher Lloyd was Want You Back. And you had to learn for about a week. Yeah. Roughly the lyrics to these two songs, and then I'll ask you relevant questions to them. It's a score out of ten. Are you ready? Yeah. This is take two. Okay. Are the questions different. I haven't changed the questions. Good, because I didn't do any research, so therefore I think it'd be even as in the questions I've answered them. Yes. I've got, have I got to write them down? We can answer them. I'll try. I'll keep score on my hands. Okay. So, in the first verse of "Want You Back" by Sherlloyd, how many times is the word "clown" repeated? Oh. See, this actually makes it slightly interesting, because I remember what you said. Is it 23? In the first verse. Oh! (laughs) 11 times. Three times. You actually got closer. You said two the first time. I think I misunderstood the question. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, Fill in the gap from the final verse. Yeah. Does it sound like a... Helicopter. Correct. You got it. Helicopter is the right answer. Yeah. Fill in the gap. If what I've been told is true, you'll be crawling back like three syllables. Rhymes with true. Very cringe worthy. Oh. I love the word cringe worthy. It's worthy of cringe. Yeah. It deserves to be cringed at. It's a funny word. If what I've been told is true, you'll be crawling back like. Well, I can think of the only word that's swirling around my head is poo. <laughs> <laughs> The swirly head poo. Um. <laughs> You'll be crawling back like poo. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I'm thinking. Is it ooh, ooh? So therefore, like you? No, it's craw- crawling back like... You're on the right lines. Boo, hoo, hoo. Got it. <laughs> two out of three so far. Not doing badly. Yeah. Considering this is round two. Impressive. <laughs> How many times does Cher say the phrase want you back in the entire song? Is this it 23? Is... Or 20? It's more... I said within one gets a point. Do you want to stick with your answer? Yes. It's 24. Boom! So, well remembered, sir. Three out of four. It was your reaction to the lot, to when I said it the first time. I was like, that must be close to yeah. another question. You, you, I think you said 26 or something. Oh, right, 20. next one. Yeah. This is a Justin Bieber song, Love Yourself. Right, okay. Fill in the gap. <laughs> yeah. But when you told me that you hated my... What? Hair? I think you said hair before. Friends. Oh. He is that much of a narcissist. Like, yeah, that, That's all he really cares about. <laughs> True. Uh, three out of five. Not bad so far. Again, similar question. Fill in the gap. I never felt so low and I was... Something. Three syllables. Is Are two of the syllables repeated? 
No, it's just a word with three syllables. Oh, God. Longish word. I can't think of words with three syllables. I never felt so low, and I was... Pretty darn low. Vulnerable. Okay, three out of six. How many times does Justin Bieber use the phrase, love yourself, in the entire song? Seven. Within one gets a point, so you're right, because <gasps> it's eight. Oh! Well done. What fire. We're moving on to the sad part of the uh, quiz. How many weeks was Love Yourself at number one for in the UK consecutively? Is it eight? Within one gets a point, it was six. Oh, damn. Very close. Four out of eight, two to go. Oh, I'd get 50%. Six weeks. I I will admit, though, I sometimes listen to that song. My friend Aaron and I, we chuck it on when we're playing FIFA sometimes because it's it's just a pure banger. I get in the mood. We've all learned something today. (laughs) It's too late to say sorry. Enough. (laughs) Uh, what what was the highest position in the UK charts that the album Want You Back not the album the song Want You Back reached what was its highest position ever it's a multiple choice was it number one number 22 or number 56 22 I think I said that last time it was 56 he did say it last time so to get 50% 5 out of 10 how old are Justin Bieber and Cher Lloyd they are the same age. Oh, Not we've said this before because they're my age. Are they 26? They are. Mostly done. And you oh, got it right fun. as well. I think you've improved your score by two. So oh, I think four. you got three last time. Or maybe three or four. So you've done, you've done well. Well remembered. But yeah, they're 26. They're essentially our age. Yeah. Your age. But yeah, there you go. Oh no, I'm 27. So oh yeah. So it's lucky I got that wrong. You are now. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, of course you are. That was your challenge, and you've done pretty well. I have. I'm quite, I'm quite pleased. Yeah, so you should be. Your challenge is quite weighted on just you. Yeah, you can talk through it <laughs> quickly. What was my challenge? Uh, it again? was essentially to listen to the entire of David Bowie's back catalogue. But we both underestimated quite how prolific uh, Mr. Bowie was. I don't think anyone would realise, just on face value how much he actually did it's ridiculous like how many albums did you end up listening to like 13 or something no. it was a lot it's I like listened the, to 12 yeah and you only made it to what the late 80s or something yeah I don't even think I reached did I reach the 80s I didn't reach the 80s yeah so yeah instead of it being a Bowie-thon it's a half Bowie-thon nice I've said that before I didn't say it with as much conviction this time <laughs> it's just what happens when you repeat things I'm sorry <laughs> I'm trying so hard <laughs> when will this get Bowieing? was something I wrote. Okay. I was thinking that as I started. Fine. Knowing how many there were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to do it very quickly. Three word reviews of each album up until Heroes in 77, starting with David Bowie self-titled in 67, Short But Sweet Bowie, uh, Charming and Folky. That's what I said about the songs. Two songs which I liked, Rubber Band and Come and Buy My Toys. Weird name. Very... Very weird name. Come and buy my toys. Hmm. Kinky. Very kinky. Uh, number two, Space Oddity in 69. Mature, mellow, and mindful Bowie. Highlights Memory of a Free Festival, which is a hippie anthem, and Letter to Huma- Hermione. Hermione, what a name. Nice. Uh, Hermione, which is a beautiful ballad. Number three, The Man Who Sold the World in 1970. Mm-hmm. This is Raw and Rocky Bowie. Highlights Saviour Machine, The Man Who Sold the World. And She Shook Me Cold, all classics. Classic, classic Rocky Bowie. Number four, Hunky Dory, 71. Fruity and Fun Bowie, yeah. I went with. Fruity. Highlights, Changes, we all know that one. It's a banger. Is that on Shrek as well? No, I want to say no. Okay, I feel like it may be. Maybe not though, I can't remember. Life on Mars as well. Yeah. And then Queen Bitch, which is a sassy rock anthem. We are moving on to number five. Ziggy Stardust in 72 goes without saying it's Bowie's finest hour or his finest 38 minutes and 39 seconds to be precise. Highlights the entire album. I fucking love this album. My favourite. So good. That is good. Very complete sound, full of past inspiration leading up to this crescendo of wonderful noise. Number six, Aladdin Sane in 73, a year after. He literally did so much. Bluesy and bold Bowie. Highlights the Gene Genie and Let's Spend the Night Together. Fast-paced fun. They are both that. Number seven. (laughs) (laughs) 
Number seven, pinups in 73. Rough and ready, Bowie. Highlights, I wish you would. Where have all the good times gone? We all know that one. Do you know that one? No, I don't actually. Tell me, where did all the good times gone? I think you'd know it if you heard it. <laughs> You're saying that wasn't an exact rendition of it? Uh, it wasn't that accurate. <laughs> um, I put that it's fuzzy, fuzzy goodness. Fuzzy goodness. Number eight, Diamond Dogs in 74. Devilish art house, dirty dog, Bowie. We're pushing the boundary of three word reviews there. Highlights, Sweet Thing, which is like a moody prog rock song. Rebel, Rebel, When You Know You Know. It's iconic, the uh, riff. And chant of the ever circling skeletal family, which is very just very, that's a great name. Great name, very cool song. Number nine, young Americans in '75, sexy funk soul Bowie, highlights fascination, pure baby making music. Oh, it is. It's got a groove. Oh, it's groovy. Funky. It's sexy. It's oh, it's spicy. As Yanis would say, yeah. it's about to get spicy on this one. I love it. <laughs> I feel really trying to for- make that a phrase. Because it's actually, <laughs> slight tangent, in the middle of your challenge, it's the right. uh, Tail Enders podcast. Yeah. They've like tried to make spicy a thing. Well, then, sorry, it, it, is a sp- it is a thing within a specific reference of... There's a conversation between uh, Michael Vaughan and Felix White. Okay. Uh, Felix White didn't really know what to say to Michael Vaughan and then Michael Vaughan was they were having curry at like a dinner and then Michael Vaughan was just like oh a bit spicy this. a bit spicy that isn't it and then like, he told the story and then it became like a big thing so then now people always comment under any of Michael Vaughan's posts on Instagram with pictures of chilies just like bombarding you know? okay nice well, there you when go. Yanis says it I don't know whether he's like a big cricket fan I don't think he is so I don't think he's ever referencing that I think he is just trying to make it his own thing yeah, I feel like he says it with such a intensity, dad, like a dad sort of, and like that, and it's like, What's yeah, you sort of spicy in here, guys, and you think to yourself at the time, don't you? Like, I oh, just don't say it again, <laughs> please. I hope he never listens. Uh, <laughs> stop saying spicy. Come up with a new word, anything, apart from maybe like smeg. Oh, it's about to get really smeggy. <laughs> yeah, not. Well, actually, that could work because it's so anti that. Mm, maybe. Oh. It's people so want to get a bit of smeggy oh. right moving on another song called Fame on Young Americans is very 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 cool four varies I did five but it's four number ten Station to Station 76 Confused Transitioning Bowie didn't like this one as much uh, yeah. there was a song called Stay which was a bit of rock disco sweetness which was quite good number eleven Low uh, everyone knows Low it's quite iconic yeah. I think uh, Experimental Bowie Discovers Synth Bowie I put that one as Highlight Sound and Vision Cheery Dream Pop That one is And Breaking Glass Which has a beautiful bass line Not as good as Ziggy Stardust though I think people like it Because it's experimental It's a bit yeah. more electronic I would say Number 12 Heroes In 77 Experimental Bowie Discovers Reverb Bowie Nice A lot of reverb on this one you Obviously got one, bought one for Christmas I think so It felt like that <laughs> I thought that in my head actually When I was listening <laughs> He's like, yes! <laughs> Thanks, Mum! <laughs> um, the highlights were Blackout, which is upbeat and funky bass, and then Heroes, come on now, you know what that one is. Yeah. Just for one day, we could be Heroes, or we could do a Bowie review, which I did half of. Yeah. I might do the second half, I might not. It might be a future thing. Perhaps, yeah. When I'm ready. Because <laughs> yeah. I know that I liked these. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. I don't know much more. I don't know if he tailed off towards the end of his It's career. hard because everyone talks about Black Star being in this incredible album. I've never oh, really? Yeah. Is yeah. The, the one he released before he died? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, I didn't know. Pooh is really good, but then this is the cynic within me. But obviously, like, there's obviously quite a lot of emotion around the fact that he obviously released it knowing and produced it knowing that he was dying and stuff. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah. Obviously that, if, does, if that it was... does genuinely add some emotion to it. Could also prop it up. Yes. Whether it's like objectively actually a good Bowie album, I don't know. We'll find out one day. Righty, right. That was quite efficient. We are currently 36 minutes behind recording time on the previous episode. Wonderful. We did watch good. an awful lot and we had drunk quite a lot. Though. Yeah. That's true. Alcohol... Alcohol consumption, units of alcohol consumed must be equal uh, to the number of recording minutes that are recorded. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely a, uh, a trending pattern. We could definitely write this down as like a maths equation. 
Yeah. Leon will like this. Leon, write us a, uh, uh, an equation for the amount of alcoholic units consumed if they're equal to the amount of recording minutes, but this makes no sense. <laughs> it it minimises the amount of editing time, as in, so the less yeah. alcoholic units we consume ends up at the end of our formula yeah. with your editing time. That is an equation, isn't it? There's probably one Alcoholic one units plus... Or equals thingies. We need to find out. Yeah, we need to find out the curve of how much longer it takes the more alcoholic units we've consumed. So, what at what point is the perfect blend of perfect recording time, perfect alcoholic units consumed, and therefore perfect editing time for you? Definitely, Leon. Sort us, really. Um. Anyway, we need to now do our record mends. Are we sticking with the record mends? Uh. Yes. Okay. So Alex recommended me Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan. Yes. It's about time that I listened to it, and I think that's what you said. Probably. You asked me if I wanted something old or new, I said old. But yes, it's a good album, and I hope that you will have been enjoying it, but we won't find out until the next episode. No. And Matt recommended me an album called Everyday Robots by Damien Albon. Damon. Damon. Damon Albarn. 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 Who is the Gorillas man, isn't he? He's the Gorillas man, he's the Blair man. Yeah. He is the man. He is. With the plan. Blimey. Uh, so yeah, that will be the next episode, episode 22. And Exciting. this whole thing that we're recording is also corrupt. Please and be good. Point, we'll just not, we'll just give up. We'll just yeah. do this episode. I, I actually think that's, that's it. We'll just be lost. We'll yeah. just release it as like a, ten, like a five minute segment or something. There you go. Hopefully, you've heard all of this. DDS. DDS. Adios. Salve. This is the bit of the cast where we finish. Inevitably, it was going to diminish. Chatting about now for an hour roundabout. If you don't know the name right now, it's Ox Out.